This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Continuing the quarterback extravaganza here on Steelers Standard as Rodgers stays in Green Bay, Wilson and Wentz both on the move. We left off on our last episode talking a little bit about Russell Wilson. Let's get right back into that trade here. One of the biggest, if not the biggest trade in NFL history. They received Drew Locke. They received Noah Fant. They received Shelby Harris. They got two first-round picks. I think they got a couple third-round picks as well. Denver, in return, gets Russell Wilson and a fourth-round pick. So, I think in terms of that's a King's ransom. Moved, I think that is the biggest trade in NFL history. It's a King's ransom for the Seattle Seahawks. You know, you traded away the best player in franchise history. You, you got to really put yourself in Seattle Seahawks fans' shoes when you think about it like that. And for Steelers fans, it's hard to kind of grasp that because it's just going to perpetually be Mean Joe Green's the best player in Steelers history, a guy from the 70s, a guy that a lot of us modern-day Steelers fans have no idea who he was as Would far as playing on the field. to see one play. One play from yeah. him in his prime. So. Teams like the Steelers, teams that have that rich history, the Packers, you know, you can always go back and debate, oh, who's the best player in franchise history. This is one of the rare occasions where it's a legitimate, like, nailed-on fact. You can't present me another Seahawk that would be better than Russell Wilson as far as importance to the franchise is concerned and as far as just caliber of player is concerned. Have they had great <laughs> players in the past? Of course. Of course they've had great players And it's kind of weird, too, because they've been around for a while. Yeah, I mean, the guy that comes to my mind the most from my youth is Sean, Sean Alexander, Alexander. Just sure. the running back that really they rode to the Super Bowl. I'm pretty Bowl sure he the won Steelers. the MVP the year before. He did, like cover of Madden at one point. So they've had stars, but Wilson did what Hasselback couldn't do as far as not only getting to the Super Bowl, winning them that Super Bowl. Then he gets them to another one the very next year, perennially going to the playoffs, perennially winning the NFC West. I mean, he was the franchise icon, and they decided to trade him away. And that's a really risky move, and I'm sure that the fans are a little tense, and radio shows in Seattle this week are getting a lot of angry calls from Seattle fans. But at the same time, if you're going to trade a franchise icon – that's kind of what the trade would look like, right? Like you're gonna need a lot to be like, okay, like I really hurt right now, but we got a lot of money or or a lot of capital here, including a top ten pick in this coming draft. You have set yourself up now for a rebuild. This is by definition a rebuild. You ship out your best. Don't forget too, the Seahawks weren't picking in the first round because of the Jamal Adams trade. Now they have all those picks back. And Not they're only picking that, in the top 10. Top 10 pick. Yes, which they would have if they kept the— It's funny because they finished that low anyway. The Jets stole their pick in the top 10, so get it right back. That's good GMing right there. Sure. I mean, And you have other future first-round picks to go along with this year's as well. So it's not just, okay, you're going to get the pick back that you traded away. I don't think people are so sour on the Jamal Adams trade. I think it's it's worked out decently well. I think Jamal Adams might be a little sour about it now, going from the Jets to Russell Wilson, and now Russell Wilson's gone. Well, you don't know what what. Here's the test. Here here's the test. What will the Seahawks front office do with all of this draft capital? I think they're going to take a quarterback. I know they have Lock and Geno Smith on the roster. You don't want to like the Steelers. People are saying, "I want to start the season with Mason or Dwayne Haskins." I don't want Seahawks fans. I'm sure are saying, "I don't want to start the season with when I have guys like." 
DK Metcalf yeah, and Tyler Lockett to throw to. Noah Fant is now an option. Chris Carson's really good. Rashad Penny's a good uh, a good backup to to Carson. You have offensive weapons galore, but it's not going to matter if you have Drew Locke or Geno Smith throwing the ball. We saw what a Geno Smith-led offense looked like last year. You mentioned all those weapons, and I think it might be easy for Seattle fans or uh, maybe the Seahawks themselves to fall into the trap that we're closer than we actually are. Let's go pick it. NFL-ready quarterback, and then we're drop back him in, in throwing to DK, throwing to Fant, and we are mm-hmm. competing, maybe not making a playoff in that loaded division, but we're competing and we're building towards something uh, almost immediately. But I just don't think that the defense is really up to where it has been. Now they lose their all-pro linebacker, Bobby Wagner, just by releasing him to continue to free up cap space and accelerate their rebuilding process. So although the offensive side of the ball might just be an NFL-ready quarterback away from really getting right back up to a legitimate kind of standard, I think the defense has just been stripped down completely. I mean, the last bastion of the Legion of Boom just left with Bobby Wagner. So I think that there's a lot to build up on that side of the ball. And I would not be surprised if one of the top-tier edge rushers, who we all know are great in this class, sitting there at number 9, Pete Carroll and the GM decide, let's take an edge rusher, let's take a Thibodeau-type player, really get that defense back to being playmakers, and we'll deal with the quarterback position later. And I know that hurts for guys like Metcalf and Lockett, but and you might see guys like Metcalf decide that he wants to get a little vocal about trying to leave Seattle. That's fine, because got to be honest with you, I mean, he's a phenomenal phenomenal player but you can find another receiver that's good down the road when your offense is ready to take that next step i think seattle's got to focus more on getting that defense back up to snuff before that could you know that could be your undoing if they go someone like jordan davis oh well that'd be a big blow i do love jordan davis but crowley actually put up a good point uh, for the devil's advocate side of that, do you want it to take with your first round pick a guy who's only going to be on the field for two downs? Because he's not going to be on the field during passing downs, and right. he's just not. He's a physical freak. His forty time was insane, but he's going to get fatigued faster than other players. There's just a lot of mass he's throwing around at high speeds there, so he's going to have to come out every once in a while. So that strikes me more as a luxury pick for a team that has a lot of things already figured out and can afford a nose tackle to leave the field on third downs. I just don't know if it's in the card for the Steelers. That being said, if they pick him at twenty, I'm going to do jumping jacks. Like I think, right. it's, I think it's going to be a good pick. It's a different I think pick he's going to be a good player versus at nine. Yeah, when the team sitting at nine, Seattle has a lot more to build up again. And the Steelers have that edge Steelers. rusher and Watt. And That's what have I'm saying is that they rushers. is that they have guys who can come off the field and still be okay on passing down. Yeah, Seattle needs to get that. They need to get that edge rusher. They need to get some help in. The linebacking core now obviously needs help because they lose their sure. face of that unit. So a lot more than just that quarterback spot that I think needs to be handled with Seattle. But moving to Denver and the AFC side of things, I mean, that was a big risk for LA and the Broncos. You gave up a ton in order to get Russell Wilson. What's the minimum level of success that they have to have for you to consider this trade to be a success because to me i think they got to at least get to the afc championship game in the next two years for it to be considered a successful trade and that's not going to be easy in the afc and even then i might have my doubts about it being successful it might have to be you got to get to the super bowl 
because that was a absolute to give away that ransom much? to give away. Yeah. That you need to at least get to the big game to make it worth it. Do you know off the top of your head what Russ's current contract was when he moved? I do not, but I know it was so expensive. How many, how many? But also, how many years were left on that deal? Well, I'm sure that if Denver needed to, they spent so much investment capital as far as the trade is concerned that if they would just let Wilson walk over dollars and cents, it would be kind of ridiculous. So if they do need to sign him, I bet they will have they will make it, you know. So, but looking up on Spot Track right now, what? Wilson's contract is it's a four-year contract. His next uh, year as a free agent is in 2024. So they've got two years of him right now. And you think? And they'll probably sign him to an extension. I bet. And you do you think before that two years is up, in order for it to be considered worth it because of the capital you gave up, you have to make at least one Super Bowl. And let's be honest, Tom. That seems a little harsh of me, but I do. So, the Cincinnati Bengals just made the Super Bowl. So, they're capable of getting there. The Chiefs, we know, are capable of getting there. I think the Bills are my favorite to get there. We've said on this show, and others have on other shows, the Bills are probably the best team in the NFL. They just ran into Kansas City. They ran into the boogeyman of the overtime rules. They didn't get a chance. Right, they didn't get the the chance. If they get a chance... They probably win the game. And they probably maybe beat Cincinnati. We don't know because they beat Kansas City, but... We know there are other teams in this conference that are Super Bowl-bound, Super Bowl contenders. That we would put ahead of the Broncos, even after this Even trade. with Russell Wilson on yeah. the Broncos. Yeah, of course. So, it's going to be really hard. I understand what you're, trying to, what you're trying to say by, in order for it to be worth it, the return on investment. But I don't even know if maybe the, the goalposts have to be moved a little bit just because of how tough the AFC is. One thing I will say that's helping the Broncos, though, they should get three easy wins because they finished in last place in the West this year. So that means they're going to get the Jags, they're going to get the Jets, and they're going to get the Browns. So I think those are three teams that are going to their schedule. Right. Now you have to play each monster in your own division You're twice. also playing the last place team in that 17th game. You're right. So I don't know who that was. I don't know either. Who it is. But there's four teams that you're head and shoulders better than because— when you finished in last last year with these guys, you didn't have Russell Wilson on your team. Now you do. So they have a favorable schedule draw as far as that's concerned, but you have to go 4-0 in those games against lesser teams because you have six games against absolute monsters that you at least have to go 3-3 three and three in. You have to at least split with all of your division. So unfortunate draw for the Broncos. It, by way of the rules, scheduling rules, see West, so... And they don't get the Seahawks. They get the Arizona Cardinals. Mm. And there's two ways you can look at it. Is it going to be the first half of the season, Arizona Cardinals, who beat everyone, or the second half, who lose to everyone? Here's the other way I'd look at it. That quarterback we have here in Denver, pretty familiar with that team in Arizona. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the Carolina Panthers. They have the whole NFC West. They have the whole NFC West. So they do play a little Wilson-Seattle matchup going on this year. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Oh wow! I didn't even yeah, that's that. going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but the Carolina, Panthers, easy. easy draw, easy draw. Honestly, I look at that division, and Tampa Bay is just so hard to predict because I just don't know who's playing quarterback. But yeah, I'd, I'd put my stamp on it. That's probably the worst team in the division, not just last year, but going into this year. In the I NFC think all South. four teams are going to be mediocre. Falcons are going to be okay. I'm telling you, watch out for the yeah, Falcons. You're the only person I'm telling you, they're going to be okay just by 
de facto because someone has to win the division. If the Saints bring back Jameis Winston, I think it's the Saints drop. Until he tears his ACL again. Yeah. And you know, you should never know. But also he could come back and play great and the Saints could win the division. I never know. Bringing back to the Broncos, I don't I just don't think it's gonna be easy for them. Of I course think, not. They're in the hardest division in football. I think and now you just told me that they're playing the hardest division in the NFC side. All four teams. I think they gave up, when considering that, a little too much for Russell Wilson. Too much for Russell Wilson? Well, it also reeks of a bit of a desperation move from John Elway. The guy's been trying to get it through the draft ever he can't since do Peyton it. Manning left, and he can't do Drew it. Drew Locke. Uh, oh, Brock Osweiler before that. Drew Locke. Who was um, the guy that the Steelers? Trevor Simeon. No, I'm, I'm, that was, was one of them. Um, there was one guy that the Steelers brought in. Yeah, that was Simeon. I'm 100 sure? percent sure it was. Simeon. I, I think yeah. I think there's one more. Trevor Simeon. Wait, there might be one more. Either way, he was a failure, an absolute oh, failure. Horrible. The guy he was on the Steelers practice squad. I know. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. But he got a couple starts with the Steelers. He just or not with the Steelers, with the Broncos. But he he just can't evaluate draft class talent. So he's probably sitting back in his office and he's like, I really nailed it when I got that Peyton Manning trade, didn't I? I really am good at recognizing the big fish that you don't really need to recognize because they already established themselves. I'm going to just go ahead and be Wild West John Elway again, and I'm going to throw as many picks and players as I can to get Russell Wilson to Denver. And it worked. And listen, it worked with Peyton Manning. Sure. Went to two Super Bowls. 1-1. Peyton Manning broke the record at that time for most touchdown passes in a season with the Denver Broncos. You're right. Won a Super Bowl on his way out the door. Absolute success. Peyton Manning in Denver as well as Indianapolis. I went to Denver last uh, April. There's Peyton Manning posters still everywhere. There's Peyton Manning stuff. There's a Peyton Manning restaurant in the airport. I mean, Manning is a god in that town. He became a second favorite son behind John Elway when it comes to Denver. So it worked out like gangbusters before, but... Just because it worked out before is no guarantee that it's going to work out again. No, and I think the the state of the AFC was Paxton co- Lynch. Paxton Lynch was the name. Simeon played for the Saints last year. I think that's still what I was. you could throw in Simeon Lynch Locke. The point Ross remains: Weiler. Elway can't do it through no. the draft, so he's got to go through this market. Anyways, when they brought in the Denver Broncos, brought in Peyton Manning, the state of the AFC was totally different. Mm-hmm. You didn't have Mahomes. You didn't have there wasn't. Six, seven quarterbacks who you said, based off of the quarterback play alone, this team is playoff bound, AC championship game bound. Really, it was just Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, Joe Flacco had regressed significantly. The The Ravens were winning based off of the play only of their defense, right. and, and Flacco was kind of along for the ride. The Bengals were dumpster trash. The Browns were dumpster trash. The Chiefs had Alex Smith, so not a great team. But 11 wins every year. Yeah, but that's it. And then you, they, you, people forget, before Patrick Mahomes came along, the Chiefs went like 20 years or something without a playoff win. They had gone like seven games in a row losing playoff wins or playoff appearances. They were up there with like the Jets and the Browns and and Detroit without a playoff. Despite win for, always getting there because Alex Smith was good in the regular season. And good enough, but I'm just saying there was really just three guys at the top because Philip Rivers good but never got the Chargers to Wilson's the playoffs. walking into a much the teeth on these lines are a sure. lot sharper than they were back so, then. So good for John Elway for saying I went out and got the guy that is not Aaron Rodgers but the next best guy available. I just for sure. 
The, so here's a question. The only devil's advocate I'd say to you about the whole, and I agree with you that it's a lot tougher of a crop right now for, to be walking into. The only thing that I'd see people listening to this say back is, yeah, but there's no goat. There's no like, Brady. That was the toughest one. Who's the guarantee? But also then I would come right back to them and say, well, guess who Pey- got past Brady? Peyton Manning. And- well, Vaughn Miller really did. Well, Vaughn Miller Peyton Manning was the quarterback on that Peyton team. Man- right, destroyed Tom Brady with like nine sacks in that AFC It was insane, game. yeah. It, it, Brady, God, that was so much fun to watch. Here's a hypothetical. If the Broncos got Aaron Rodgers instead of Russell Wilson, how does the conversation change, if any, if at all? Are we sitting here saying, well, I have to put the Broncos as a top two team, top three team? I think if you get— Not Ro- just a top six or seven <sighs> team. See, that's a great question. I think if you get Rodgers instead of Wilson, I still think Mahomes is better than Rodgers, but people will tell you that Rodgers is better than Mahomes. So you'd have the debate of Rodgers being the best quarterback in that division, not just at the top of it, but at the very least he'd be the, the second best no matter what. Whereas Wilson, I think there's some debate as far as Mahomes is better than him right now. Is Herbert, Herbert better. might be better than him right now. And Carr had a better year than he did last sure. year. So I but think Carr was healthy for the whole thing. I think there's some debate as to far as Wilson's injury problem and the fact that his team last year did a lot poorer. Granted, he was injured, but it did a lot poorer than Rodgers' team did in Green Bay last year. So I think there would be a little bit more optimism with Rodgers than there would be with Wilson. But people also forget that Wilson, when people weren't paying attention to Seattle at the end of the year because they were out of it, I mean, he dragged the Arizona Cardinals in the last game as a Seattle Seahawk. I mean, just put up great numbers, dominated them, and kept them from winning the division and gave the division to the Los Angeles Rams. So... In the last, you know, action we've seen from Russell Wilson, he's looked like that MVP caliber Super Bowl champion quarterback. If Denver gets that guy and he gets and he's healthy, I'm not saying they beat the Chiefs and get the division, but I would pretty much put my stamp on they're going to be one of the wild cards. They could be a wild card team, and then it's who do they draw in that first round? Hmm. Can they go on the road? If you're a wild card team, you have to go on the road for three rounds. Yes. Can they do that with but, Russell well, Wilson? Most likely. You could be the five seed and some Michigan could happen some, behind you and the six seed. Sure. Yeah, but most for likely the most you're prepared part, for a road trip through the playoffs if you're a wild card. Are Are you capable of that with Russell Wilson and the team that you have surrounding him? No, because not of anything that Russell Wilson can do but because you'd probably have to go on the road against Allen. And then if you win, you'd have to go on the road against Burns. And then if you sure. win, you'd have to go on the road against Mahomes. That's so, a lot to go through. So if somehow the Broncos, not necessarily by their own virtue, maybe by the Raiders throwing a couple losses at the Chiefs and the Chargers throwing a couple losses at the Chiefs, the Broncos end up winning the division. Just by everybody beats up on each other. Sure. They ended up just and they end up with a better record. If they're at home, Mile High's a really tough Denver place to is stay. a tough place to go to. Yeah, if they can get home field advantage in the playoffs for a round, for two rounds, get the two seed. If they can get the one seed, even I don't know that that's going to happen. I don't think that'll happen. But if you get somewhere that's above one of the, the four tougher seed. places to have to have people coming. We we said it when Manning beat Brady. If it was reversed and they were in Foxborough, I bet that the Patriots beat the Broncos. But Brady and the Patriots that you're having to go to Mile High, Von Miller has nine sacks, and it's just an absolute insane asylum that they have to go to. That not only is the fans fans great and the atmosphere great 
literally the atmosphere, the literal atmosphere is, yeah, you is harder to play. Players. Like Ryan Clark could not play there. Could not do it. You're on the sideline sucking oxygen because it's just so hard to breathe up there. So great place to play, tough place to play. Yeah, if they can get the home, thing, they're dangerous. Though, Tom is even if they draw the three seed, the two seed is still there, the one seed is still there. And knowing how good this conference is, are you telling me both the two seed and the one seed will not be there in the AFC Championship game waiting for the three seed Broncos? Most likely. But I'm also wondering is, if the Broncos do make a run to the championship game, make a run to the Super Bowl, would you be that surprised? No. No, right? I mean, I think the Bengals are the best example of that. There are... You could take any one of those six, seven of the Raiders with Derek Carr and say, because of your quarterback, I trust you to win. It's all about can your quarterback win the game for you or not. One last quarterback move to touch on, obviously the least sexy of the big three moves, the Carson Wentz move to the Washington Commanders. I think a couple third-round picks and maybe a couple more picks in the middle rounds were sent to Indianapolis for Wentz. The Colts were really dealing from a spot of no leverage at all because I don't they didn't really hide the fact that they wanted to move on from Carson Wentz like there was no oh we like Wentz we're just trying to weigh our options yeah maybe give us a first round or a second round pick and then we'll talk but it was pretty much from day one whether they meant it to or not out there that the Colts were pretty much done with Carson Wentz they wanted to move on from the Carson Wentz experience I know Ballard at the uh, Combine tried to put some of that fire out by saying, well, we don't know. Yeah, you know, we're exploring all of our options at the quarterback position until a decision is made. Worst kept secret in the league was that Carson Wentz was on the move and that he wasn't going to be a Colt next year. It was just a matter of was Where? any other team going to bite on that? And sure. we found out that the Washington Commanders were going to bite on that. I was thinking the Commanders were going to go draft to figure out their quarterback spot. I, I thought that Pickett, Willis, uh, Corral, I thought that those guys, Washington was a very popular landing spot for them. Not anymore. And I really do wonder how does Carson Wentz put the Commanders that much over the top? Does he make them that much better than they were last year? No. No? You were a big Wentz guy with the Colts last year before. I, he was he was by Before the, the numbers, season started. You by were. the numbers, he was one of the more efficient quarterbacks. Yeah, he turned the ball over sometimes, but when he got the ball into his receiver's hands, he was a top ten guy doing so. The thing is that's tricky about that is if you watched Wentz, a lot of luck was weighing in on those numbers earlier in the year. A lot of interceptable passes that did not get intercepted. Sure. He had a streak of the most consecutive attempts without an interception at one point this year. Right. In fact, I think Ben actually took over that streak at one point as well. Oh, really? But there were so many that Wentz should have been picked off on. It was almost like a, a false stat where you could be like, wow, look at how efficient and protective of the ball Wentz is. And then if you're a Colts fan or you watch a lot of football, you're just like, well, <laughs> water's going to find its level when it comes to that very soon. And it very much did towards the end of the season. I also think that everything included, I'd rather be playing with the Colts overall team coaching combination than the Commanders. Yeah, and I think that just tells you what the Colts feel about him is that but also too, they're ready to win now and Wentz isn't the guy that's there for it. We just talked about how much up in the air the, Col- the Colts division is, the AFC South. Yeah. Whereas you look at the NFC East, I think it's a given 
that the Cowboys are going to win the division. Yeah, I think that's a pretty so much So Washington has to be fighting for a play, uh, has to be fighting for a wild card spot, which I think is very up for grabs in the NFC. Given the rest of the 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 conference. The sure. only thing you worry about is that the West is going to snag Two of them. Seahawks aren't going to grab one. Well, I mean, unless three Pickett total, comes in, three as total amazing. spots. Yeah. Division winner, division two, winner wild two wild cards. So you're only looking for one more spot out there. But there's no other division that you can really point to a team that's like, oh yeah, they're guaranteed other wild cards. Right. Spot. The North, we see it being the, the Vikings, Packers maybe. winning, and that's it. Vikings will be contenders for it. And then coming out of the South, it's just a division winner, and that's it. And I bet you one team will be contending for a wild card. Maybe. Like, contending is different in from the, be in Washington, who I think has a chance to actually grab that And last so does spot. Philly, I think. Philly. I think Philly is their biggest So, in a weird roadblock. way, did the South just become the second-best division as far as depth is concerned in the NFC? The South? Yeah. You mean the East? Oh, the East, yeah. Oh, my God. My directions are all effed up. This way, this way, this way. Uh... Depth-wise, because at the top, the North is great with the Packers. Sure, you know what you're getting out of the West. It's the best division in that side of the on that conference. Yeah, you have three teams now who could be competitive for a playoff spot. And the North and the Giants. (laughs) And the North, we know there's one. And the South, there can only be one. We don't know. Be can we give the North two? Can we say the Vikings are competitive for a playoff spot? Maybe even like Vikings Bears. Maybe, but a tier below. And the way that Washington and Philly will be fighting for that playoffs. I would put Philly and Washington ahead of Minnesota right now, sure. in my mind. As I would say as... Washington, Philly, and then below them, Minnesota, Chicago. Now, Carson Wentz is interesting, though, because he's clearly not been the same guy since he got hurt in Philadelphia right. when he was having an MVP caliber season. He shows you flashes of it. He's still got a great arm. If he finishes that season, he wins MVP. He looks like the typical Josh Allen kind of quarterback that we see. Big, strong arm, can move if he has to. He's cut from the cloth of the modern-day NFL quarterback stylistically. Uh, I just think the injury had a big setback on him, and I just think he can be, for lack of a better term, clumsy sometimes out on the field. He doesn't really use his football IQ like he should as far as playing the most important position that needs to have the highest IQ level on the entire field. So there's a lot of negatives I see in Carson Wentz's game, but I still see a lot of potential there, and I do think it's an upgrade from Heineke. I I think – and – Sure. And I love Pickett like a son, but I do think it's better than any option you can get in this draft class as well, is rolling with Even Malik Lentz. Willis. The He's upside of a, Willis. Such a home run threat that See, it makes Willis you See, Willis has eons more upside than Wentz ever had coming out of his draft and ever since he's joined the NFL. You could say that about almost every player, too, about Malik Willis. I mean, he's the ceiling for him. People are, they're getting Mahomes ish kind of vibes for sure. it. Like, he's going to be a superstar. Do you think it's only being said because there's no one else, there's no one else to talk about? They and make and a star. overall, it's just so weak. They got to make a star, right? They got to make a superstar. It's very possible. Seattle might jump on him at nine. That's an interesting spot right there. And if he doesn't go at nine to them, the Colts could take him at what? Well, 17, that's the other thing 16, that I was going to say is sixteen. We were going like that's where I was going to wrap up this episode. Is we know what's going to happen in Washington this year. What the heck's going to happen in Indy? That was a team that should have made the playoffs last year. I mean, no question about it. They're, you lose they your last two games. Team. They were you should have beat. You played the Raiders at home, and then you play the Jaguars on the road. Raiders at home, okay, whatever. But the Jaguars is the one you just have to absolutely win. Uh, I mean, they were more, they looked on paper like more of a playoff team than the Steelers did last year. Uh, Steelers Nation, that's just a fact. They don't play these games on paper, though, and that's why the Steelers got to play that game in Arrowhead and the Colts didn't get to go to the dance. But 
what do they do now? The, you have a roster that is playoff worthy. You've taken out that starting quarterback. Ellinger ain't going to be the guy. That's a massive drop off, even from someone like Wentz. Do you look in the draft? Do you, do you well, target so, a Mitch Trubisky? Is that uh, all of a sudden a, a market for him now? So we were talking about Seattle saying, I don't want Seattle fans saying, I don't want to start the season with Dwayne, or sorry, Dwayne Haskins, Geno Smith Drew or Locke. Drew Locke. Indianapolis does not want to. I'd, I would take, it's not even that. They, they will not start the season with Sam Ellinger. I would take Drew Locke. In a heartbeat over Sam Ellinger. Right I would now. take Dwayne. I would take Dwayne Haskins, Mason Rudolph, and uh, Geno Smith over he, Sam Ellinger. Yeah, Ellinger is just a backup. They cannot possibly think that he's going to be able to start for them this year, unless they're just planning on tanking the season, which they shouldn't Maybe. because they have too if much talent. If they're not, if they're not taking, they should not start the year with Sam Ellinger, and I don't believe they will. Another interesting thing, and it's just tough because the class is so so weak. They got a bunch of mid-round picks from the Commanders for this. I wonder if they'd like to package those with a first-round pick, maybe move up and get a Willis, move up and get a Pickett in the draft. But, again, that's a lot of money to put in to get a quarterback that's not a guarantee. I think in this draft, I think they're they're picking at somewhere like 16-17. It's plausible that Pickett Pickett or Willis falls to that point. One of them for sure. Corral, too. You just don't know who he's going to be. I will say this about Indy. Free agency-wise, that's probably the most attractive spot for guys like Trubisky, for guys like Winston, on their side of things. Because that team is just so ready to win. So if I'm a Trubisky, if I'm a Winston, I'm on the phone with my agent. I'm saying, figure, out a, figure out a way to get me into Indy. Get me to Indy. It's an easy starting job I can win, and I think it's... Oh, it's the easiest quarterback battle once you put someone in there. No right? there is There is no doubt whoever they bring in, whether it's the draft or free agency, the guy that they bring in is going to be quarterback one. Speaking of free agency, that is right around the corner. Next week, the free agency period starts. The legal tampering is just a couple days away as far as the NFL is concerned. We're going to do a lot of Steelers talk when it comes to free agency and continue to talk about the shaking up of the landscape around the NFL on our next episode of the Steelers Standard. But that's all the time we have for you on this edition of the Standard. For Jacob Brecht, I am Tom Opferman, and we'll talk to you guys next time.